practice. I've yeah. held my I'll, dick I'll, down. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> that was implied, you idiot. <laughs> Pump edgy. You don't release. You just keep holding it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Comedy. <laughs> the podcast where we discuss comedy in all shapes, sizes, shapes, and, sizes formats. and formats. Yes. I'm your host, Tony, and I'm here with... Nah. And we haven't recorded in a while. Um, Asan, can you give us uh, give us some backstory? <laughs> you know, here's the fucked up thing. We haven't not only haven't we recorded in a while, I got like four episodes in the back burner <laughs> that I need to upload. And I tell you, I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. I'm gonna upload them tonight. And this is the reason why. First of all, the backlog is because my laptop was just being weird. Um, I think I upgraded the OS to from Sierra to something, so I had to go back. Sierra? Yeah, Mac OS. Wow. I know, dude, mine's from 2013. Sierra. So you gotta get on Big Sur. I know. So, I'm... It's, 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 it's an operating system, man. <laughs> no, 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 you hate Apple. Oh, you hate Apple? <laughs> You're not going to lie, like the Steve Jobs topic I prepared. <laughs> so, Steve Jobs comedian, yeah. Has anyone watched Steve Jobs comedy special? It was actually, there is a compilation of like funny Steve Jobs moments. Are you serious? Yeah, there's also another one called the Angry Steve Jobs moments, <laughs> but it's the same video. <laughs> there's a relabel. <laughs> it is, I watched it, I was like... Wait a second. I can I can imagine like a deep a deep cut of like a joke. It's like uh, it's like a Steve Jobs comedy special, and he's like releasing like the iPhone eight or something. And everyone's like, "This is the best comedy special I've ever seen." Bird's did on him? I love this. I, yeah, I do. I like it. I like it. But the only thing I, I, I have beef with yeah. as an Apple fan, yeah. not even like fan network, but as someone who likes Apple, yeah. you know those like those kind of flippant things people say in general. Such as it just, it becomes bad. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, like you know how you joke about something, you're like, oh yeah, you know, chocolate pizza sucks or whatever. Sometimes everyone kinda It does though. Uh, it <laughs> does. But the point <laughs> So you're, you're, like you're making your own like, point. Oh, Steve Jobs never did anything. He was just an asshole. Mm-hmm. No, he did. And so, like, everyone thinks that's true. And it's like, I don't know. It's not like he needs the recognition more than he already has. But it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, the guy's dead. Why we gotta, like, shit on him? He's already died. He's dead of cancer that he could have prevented. That's a that he could have prevented but didn't? Okay. Yeah, literally, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, because he was into all that. No, 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 let's call it for what it fucking is. He was into Buddhism and fucking Hinduism, and he thought drinking cow piss at an Indian temple was going to give him magical powers. <laughs> she was uh, not helping you out with that. I know, I know. Yeah, they were like, uh, Mr. Jobs, are you sure? This shit, you could literally just take this out. And he's like, no, 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 that's okay. So he kind of screwed himself over in a horrible twist of maybe ironic fate. I don't know if it's ironic. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's tragic and but, funny. But it's, it's sad, but hilarious. I'm, I'm sticking up for the guy. He, uh, no, no, I, I liked him. I just think, like, I agree with Bill Burr. I mean, I, 
did he really invent something? He just went up to a couple of nerds and like, I want 900 songs on my phone. Get on it! <laughs> Like, There's like brilliant execution on that show. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he gets so sweet. Because honestly, that's probably how it happens. Bill Burr has the right amount of rage mm-hmm. to channel <laughs> yeah. to Josh's rage into, uh, into a bit. I feel like the whole tech company thing is like, you start off and you're like, yo, man, we can create some cool ideas. Like, me and you in a garage, like, we're creating all this shit, this is awesome. And then, like, by the time you're, like, uh, you, like, form it into a massive company and stuff, you're just like, oh, I've been dealing with admin and fucking directors for so long, I don't want to fucking create shit anymore. There's and a then lot you just, of bureaucracy yeah. and red tape that prevents good things from ever happening, and I think he surpassed all of that. Mm-hmm. You know what's great? Now that I have my phone, I can actually play audio clips, and we can't get into trouble. Why, what the big deal was with that guy? <laughs> I don't get it. He, he's like Edison. I don't know. He invented no. all this stuff that everybody... What are you but, talking but about? did he? Did he, did, like, did he sit down and like, I'm going to invent the iPhone and just sat there soldering, possibly welding? Did he have like a crew of guys helping him out? Sure, maybe he did. So why, when he went to those nerd fests, did he have like, an, like, a, like a chorus of scientists behind him? Helped him out too. He walked out like he was Tesla. <laughs> 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 electricity. I know. I think he just kind of like told people what to invent. Like he just kind of came in like, I want my whole music collection in that phone. Get on it! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's the greatest. Oh, I, love, I love fully, fully haired big Bill Burr. He was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love it. We could play clips like that the oh, whole episode. Dude. If we like sync it up with uh, with visuals, like yeah. uh, if we had like a full studio set up, we could like edit clips. Dude, in. I've been dreaming that'd of that. That'd be fucking genius. Let's see. This brings back to the main point. This is why I was updating my firmware for my Mac. Yeah. And there was some work that uh, that I did with a previous client, mm-hmm. and like it was really bad, like. Our, our professional and, and personal relationship just soured. So like every <laughs> It was career ending bad, yeah. Is the one we, we talked about? No, no, this was like way before. So like they were like, this, that one I would never let anything stop. But anyway, this was this was like, I don't know. This was like business cards. I did business cards for okay. years. And anytime I would log in, there'd be one of the first few images I'd see. And so I'd feel like all weird and shit. I got all that shit done over the course of Ramadan, so I was fasting for 30 days, uh, and then uh, that was... Boy, did we hear about that. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were fasting for yeah. 30 days? Yeah. You were unable to eat? Yeah. Until the sun had gone down? Yeah. And you were perfectly happy and okay the entire time? Yeah. I didn't lose it, man. <laughs> I, I swear to... I thought I would. I don't know if you're hinting... I don't know if you're sensing the... <laughs> It's the, sorry, same, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same bit as. Uh, wait, but where are you really from? That's just, it's the same. <laughs> Literally, the first thing he texted us yes. was, "I get very cranky after four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a fucking werewolf. He's like, after four, I start thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who my friends are. <laughs> I can't eat pork. Dude, I tell I'll you, eat human. I yeah. eat pork. I'm a beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a beast on the planet. <laughs> I tell you, it was the hardest thing to do, because I'm up at 4 a.m. Uh, at 3.30 or 4, eating, 
and I would watch comedians in cars. That's a good 4 a.m. Right? thing to watch, right? And I would be in such a good mood. And like the rest of the day, I would just like pretty much pray and do nothing, like other stuff. But like it started off, I was really angry. And then as the days went on, I think day 15, I kind of just chilled out. <laughs> but I was losing it day 10. Like I was about to murder somebody. And then I didn't want to go out because I would really lose it. And then I think like day 25, 28, I was like, I was completely at peace. That's good. That's why we didn't bring it up. Right? Right, right. I figured. Well, you know, it was tough. And, and so I just skipped on everything. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, especially since we get into some raunchy topics on here. So the last I see I wanted thing. to swear, yeah. I can't swear. You still if can't swear. If I am fasting, it's gone. It's broken. If I intentionally start swearing and start talking shit about people, <laughs> it's gone. I can't be me. So I have to tone down. Even my rant about your birthday was very tempered. <laughs> sure. I didn't use the B word. So you're still not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's just a habit. I'm just going to tone it down. Okay, okay, okay. You know. You're I'm just going to be a better person. That's, I'm gonna what, try. that's what you're saying. I'm going to try to try. <laughs> and so. Yeah. <laughs> so finally I'm going to get those episodes out And we couldn't meet up because of that And because we have a fucking stupid lockdown happening in COVID It's not really a lockdown But no. kind of is Everybody's fucking out There are people traveling Well I mean we, Yeah I've seen a lot of suitcases And here it's pretty quiet Considering Right But at 7 o'clock everything shuts down Because that's when Corona comes out <laughs> Yeah yeah, oh, yeah 8 o'clock is the most power, powerful Oh okay yeah we're gone so that's been it um no they like the start of the state of emergency was like uh, all right guys uh we're gonna have to ask department stores to close down because uh department stores are really populated and then the government was like all right we've done that for two weeks all right um the cases haven't really gone down so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to keep doing this but uh we'll we'll open department stores just close at seven because <laughs> that's when coronavirus is the strongest you notice that the voice is getting dumber and dumber. <laughs> 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 well, they, did, they built the... Uh, I'm not a they did close down some of the weekend stores, still in effect. Oh, okay. Which, to be fair, that is when the most people are out. Everyone is off of work here because they work during the week, like 12 hours a day. So, realistically, post-pandemic, I kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Shutting down, kind of, you know, lots of people go out, but... But it's like, if you really... like do stuff you'd be like all right people will work from home so you don't have to catch a fucking train everywhere like you know there's well, other like options actual, actual measures yeah, yeah. Oh, no, i can't have that <laughs> can't do it i can't do that Actually, goes you know, let's keep those hostess bars open and all the, <laughs> the, the, the red light district shit which is suffering i'm so happy they're all suffering i want these people to learn to fucking type and get a real job this is not a job this is and abuse it's not you know so ironic where the fuck are the feminists now mm-hmm. like this is sex work sex work is not liberation it's enslavement it's stupidity and if you use it then you're pathetic you can fucking get that shit for free go out date somebody and the people working in that industry if you're desperate i feel bad i'm sorry but if you think it's empowering 
you're way out of your league, man. It's not. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with, talked to so many fucking ex-sexual stars, porn stars. Every single person walks out emotionally distraught. Highest suicide rates. Highest rate of cancer for women. And what? Liberal media and the feminist left are like, oh, it's liberating. It's empowering. It's stupid. You might as well be a terrorist at this point. <laughs> that does pay quite well, actually. It does. <laughs> terrorism. And it has a higher life expectancy, apparently. Actually, no, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I had like a bit. <laughs> I actually thought of a bit on like terrorism. So I was thinking about like the, do it, do it. the the Palestinians and the, obviously that's not terrorism, but like I was thinking on like that and then like related to stuff Israeli like. Yeah, they're, they're go, go. Use your words carefully. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> but like, um, I was just thinking about like, you know back in 9/11 and like you know Islamic State and stuff. I was thinking about terrorists, and then the bit goes something like this: I have to, I need your help to start it. So it's like, son, you speak Urdu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> so son speaks Urdu. We're kind of brown. Yeah, we're all terrorists. Fucking get over it, all right? <laughs> Terrorists get such a bad rapper, right? So we're terrorists and you're all like offended at all the like crazy heinous shit that we do. I'll tell you what I was offended by. I was so offended when the game Counter-Strike came out. Because the game literally about counter-terrorism, people stopping terrorists, people killing terrorists. And, and let's just say, all right, as rebuttal, let's just say I always pick the terrorists, right? Oh man, and the satisfaction I got when that bomb went off. Oh <laughs> my god. And you're trying to, you see like a counter terrorist guy trying to defuse the bomb, trying to be like, he can't make it. It's, oh, it's, it's sweet. Squirrel in my knife. And then, uh, and then it goes back the other way, right? And it's like, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to have a second language though. You're talking about Urdu. I'd love to have a second language like, for secret communication and to like get out of jams. So like if you're at a bank robbery <laughs> and you're the hostages, obviously, and you're like, uh, you start speaking to your brother, like whoever's there, you start speaking to them in Arabic because you both know Arabic. And then the bank robber's like, hey, wait a second. I'm supposed to in- be intimidating you here. <laughs> Freaking me out. Stop that. <laughs> and, then, and then the guys are just like, hey man, we're just talking to each other. We're, we're talking about the weather. Like, just, you know, calm down. He's like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. And then the robber turns, turn, <laughs> and then the robber just like turns himself in because of his racial prejudices. Because he felt so guilty for being racist towards. That is the best bit in the world. Can you just imagine the guys there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're just like freaking out in the room. He's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making shit up. It's secret, but I'm not gonna speak it. How, how would you say like the weather in Urdu? Urdu and Hindi. I think Russell Peters broke that ground. It's the the the, the language that cuts tension because it sounds silly. Okay. You know what I mean? Like Urdu is, has is that more. Your way to say you don't want to say anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, uh, how's the weather? Is like mausam kasana. <laughs> but like, there's no like fucking Arabic is that it has that like gut uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah I mean I heard plenty of Arabic before right you had a lot of Russian too right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all like it's, it's all really the enemies of the state really yeah. <laughs> 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 
There's videos of this online and Arabic Call of Duty players that are Muslim mm. and there's something so bizarrely <laughs> surreal and weird. It's like they're, I'm killing my brethren. They're, they're playing it with like the what is it, the USMC or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the weird part. Once they gun somebody down, some of them actually scream out a loud bird. And it's so weird. <laughs> it's so bizarre, man. It's like, like, burp, <laughs> loud bird. like, yo, don't do that, man. It's the scariest thing to do. Uh, <laughs> You're just um, screaming on Phoenix. Because it's just like, I'm a, I'm a practicing Muslim. And I can't, you have to separate those vessels, right? Yeah, yeah. You do. It's so retarded. <laughs> I mean, like in, in a pinch, like in like a pinch, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're having the gunfight, you kill someone, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, relief. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how are you expected to, if you can't treat your word of God seriously, why are you offended when other people don't treat it seriously? <laughs> So like some some of us will have a problem, be like you know you can't say that or blah blah blah. It's like dude, I'm watching videos of guys saying Alhamdulillah and Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah, I mean thank God. Mm. But like they're ri- they're literally ripping that from the Quranic text. <laughs> Think of something else to say. Come on, something original, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, write the Quran too, right? Because <laughs> it, it feels surreally like like one of those videos you you watch, like I guess. You know, just pieces about how scary terrorists are. <laughs> it's just like you're like, oh man. Have you ever seen Four Lines? Yeah. No. Uh, it's like a it's like a mock uh, terrorist film. Oh. So like, um, it's in it's set in UK, yeah. um, and it's like four guys uh, who are like immigrants, but they're like uh, they're terrorists. kind of fundamentalists, like you know, and like uh, I don't think they ever explicitly say if they're Muslim or not, but like. And they have this like white friend who's also a fundamentalist <laughs> who hates the state, and like, <laughs> and they end up like, they just like end up just going through like gaps and like bombing the wrong places and stuff. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> Four lions. Four lions. Okay, yeah. yeah. Never heard of it. It's by uh, directed by Chris Morris. Yeah, Chris Morris. Oh um, shit! No way. Yeah. Damn. He was like in the day to day and brass eye and stuff. And Nike Grab. I, I was thinking of like YouTube. that Always Sunny uh, episode where the gang notices that their bar is um, the original map or the original blueprint of the bar is on a land that's owned by an Israeli guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they realize that the kryptonite to every Israeli is a terrorist. <laughs> and so they create a terrorist video in the most threatening manner possible. <laughs> And they like throw stuff into his house, and they end up burning his his warehouse down. Uh, and they're like, "Okay, thank God we don't have to." It's by accident, not that they wanted to be malicious. And at the end, like they realize that Charlie already sent the videotape of the terrorist stuff. Yeah, dude, that show is so. That's like the live uh, the. Feeling I get with South Park, I get with that show. Yeah, it's like the last. It feels like it shouldn't be made now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it still is. It's not even like they're ultra non-PC or anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just like I still feel like their humor is kind of edgy. Way edgy. Well, um, I forget Charlie Day and um, 
the guy who plays Mac, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. He went on uh, to say that some episodes, they were lucky enough to get that film because they can't do it now. Like, there's an episode where uh, Mac has blackface. So, I mean, <laughs> he's like, they're always constantly changing, mm-hmm. but they're glad that they got to hit certain notes yeah. uh, the way they did. But I feel like if you handle blackface in the right way, like, the right way, but like, if you handle it, it's like, adding, someone adding does... Adding a flag, <laughs> we might take this part out. Add flag. Add flag. No, it's flag like, if you, added. whatever, in like, comedy specific. Add blackface. <laughs> If you do it as if like if you make it look good, <laughs> then what's to say? It no, 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 no. It's yeah. meant like if like one character in comedy, if one character does blackface, the other characters have to be like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like the it has to be like has that. Has to be consistent. Yeah, like yeah. it can't be poking fun. It has to be looking at the absurdity of it. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I agree with you. Yeah, but I still feel like even if you did that, the actor nowadays would still get back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. PC culture. Just, just take a snapshot or a screenshot of a. Of and a like, video. take it out of context, yeah. And be like, goodness, Charlie Day is ultra racist. <laughs> and the episode's about him telling why blackface is wrong. <laughs> yeah, man. Something like that. That's, uh, yeah. So we're speaking of a lot of topical comedy right now, yeah. Dude, I think it's one of the best intros we've had. We had a joke, we had a deep discussion on like fucking funniest shit terrorists win from Counter-Strike. <laughs> um, well, we, no, we, but to come, to come back to Counter-Strike, I think like the terrorists on that, uh, on the lineup, the terrorist roster, was actually quite, uh, it's quite diverse. Yeah, right. It's a diverse terrorist roster. It's not just Arabs. They're black terrorists. Yeah. They're white terrorists. Yeah. There's all kinds of terrorists. Terrorists uh, right? Generic, generic balaclava terrorists, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, the bit where Chappelle does in Killing Me Softly, is it? Um, where he, he talks about like being on a plane <laughs> and he's like, and this guy get up, got up and he's like, everybody get down. He had a gun. He's like, I was confused. Because the guy was Chinese. <laughs> 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 it just plays with those things so yeah. well. I think I saw I saw it ages ago. Like I saw all the specials for really ages ago. Yeah. And I look back at him. Black people make poor bargaining chips. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, we got two black crude. Hello, we got two black. Hello. That whole bit. Oh my god. It was amazing. Genius. I see, but the now. Timing too. Timing. Like that phone call. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. I two black. Hello. Hello. <laughs> He's great at telling a story with multiple characters. Yeah, yeah. Without doing something overtly obvious and changing their voices, he just knows how to run that. Um, I wonder, uh, what was the topic we were thinking of today? Uh, There's two, a couple actually. One was um, certain comedy types align with certain types of people. Would you say that's true? Uh, Like, (laughs) I'm going to go on a limb. 
Everybody that I've met that loves friends annoys the it's fuck out of me. It's not funny. Like they annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, it was this one girl, man. I really liked her, but the friends thing really that was a deal breaker. Yeah. That was a deal breaker. Yeah, it's like, it's definitely, it's definitely, there's, there's a trend, but like, there are some outliers. Yeah, yeah. So like, there are some people who like, like, who are like, kind of normal, but like, like a weird, absurd comedy, or like. Well, it's like people that like Monty Python. Mm -hmm. They come in like a certain, there's a certain level of humor, Mm -hmm. and that transfers over to how they communicate and speak, and sometimes they get along with them, but then sometimes they're so absurd. That it just, I'm like, I feel like a, they're an alpha nerd. Which I mean, like, they're like so geeked out. <laughs> and it really annoys me. Mm. Or like, for example, me and you bond over Chappelle. That's like something like, he gets that humor. So he's sharp and vicious when he has to be. And I, I bond with that. Mm. Me and you bond on The Simpsons. Yeah. And that has like that quick wit. Even Bob's Burgers has that, mm-hmm. that like timing and wit. But somebody like Nick, for example, we know, and and he likes a lot of stand-up comedy. But you can tell he's a Monty Python guy. <laughs> he can, because sometimes that energy is low. Sometimes it's too dry for me. I don't know. Am I, am I talking out of my ass here? Is it like do you see any patterns with people? I want to observe the patterns. But it's like I try to think about. I don't really know. I don't know too many people who are into like comedy. Stuff. Oh, I'll give you an example. Dane Cook fans. Yeah, but there's like anybody really like Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard about him in like, not even kidding, 10 years. No. Or Amy Schumer fans. Again, very hard to find any. They're like really fat women that kind of bond with her. I, I'm just saying they're positive, body positive women <laughs> that bond with her because they, they see themselves in her. And... Uh, with all due respect, they could because she's huge. She can encapsulate most women on the planet. But, but. <laughs> you got to flag this shit. Add, add a flag right here. <laughs> multiple flags. Multiple flags. <laughs> multiple flags. I think we're taking a break from the. Um, taking a break from chance. Now we're adding multiple flags. Wait, cute eyes, stridex. You know, what is it? You need to play Killer Instinct. It's a great game. game. Whenever you just like get like a eighty percent or eighty hit combo, it's like cool, 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 cool. It's so great. Or you can break it. It's like cool, 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 cool. It's hilarious because when you're fighting people, you can do combos to the beat of the music. Okay. That's how you do combos. Super hard though. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true though, because like when I get wrecked by the computer, that's what it sounds. They're like. definitely not in. They're definitely not. In. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love it. I got the bone today. So good. Who's your favorite character? Uh, I love Orchid, but I'm really good at with Saber One. Oh, I I really always wanted to be good with Fulgore, 
but fucking hard as hell, man. I gave a really Jago and vanilla. Jago's still good, man. Jago's fucking great. Jago and, uh, in the first one, in the Super, or the first game, I guess, Thunder, Chief Thunder. My brother played Cinder, and I played Orchid. (laughs) Or Orchid. And then, like, in KI Gold, he became, he he used Glacius a lot, and I used Jago. He used Saber Rogue and Glacius. So cheap as hell, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and just Orchid because she's got these thick thighs. Oh, I like Maya. Maya's good. Maya's good. Maya's I used to use Maya a lot. Yeah, Maya's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good combo. Man, get on it. <laughs> get on it, man. Yeah. Dude, I, I just... If I could, I would just have a podcast about fighting. I mean, you could do a game gaming podcast and just what have like... Let's get on. We want another logistics. We're gonna get our microphone set up for. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm excited for episode one, Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it, but that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it'll be the first and like last episode, the Last of Us Part Two, for real. <laughs> <laughs> episode one. The Okay, we're gonna finally play The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> Which is sad because. Game <laughs> The Last of Us 1 was just. It was a great game. It was just the perfect. Like, I think after playing that, I was done with zombie games. I'm like, I don't need to play any more zombie games. Because they'll be inferior to the yeah, last of Us. Yeah, this was a game that, like. There's man of my heart, man. It gave me chills. There's nothing worse than playing a game. So good. Everything is depressing because everything after does not feel good. That is S zero Dude, and the crazy part is, it came from the biggest fucking, the best director Japan has to offer, and I forget his name. <laughs> Ironic, uh, but he's the director of the Yakuza games, and he created his own company called AV. And now, if you live in Japan, that's hilarious. Because he's a huge porn aficionado, <laughs> but it was titled Amusement Vision. Mm. Yeah, he's monkey monster, right? And this guy was like dedicated. He's fucking like he's gone on interviews drunk, and he's like, "Let me sleep it off." This guy's like a boss. He's super. Yeah, oh, he doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but he's, he's like a cool dude. It's just a shame he only makes Yakuza. <laughs> that's the guy behind F Zero. And what's sad is if you get the chance to play. Um, Fast uh, RMX on Switch. They hired the voice actor um, for from F Zero GX, the guy, the announcer for the races, and it's so close. It feels so close, but it's not. Because where the hell's Captain Falcon? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, well, the, I don't know why Nintendo killed me. Remaster the game. They can sell it for sixty bucks. Dude. It will be bought Dude. at lightning speed. Fuck yeah. Like lightning speed. Call it F Zero like AGX. Have all the tracks from AX and GX. There you go. Is AX and GX both on GameCube? No, the thing is AX and GX arcade. Arcade version. Ah. Uh, you would. Fun fact: AX is actually on GX. You walked away on the disc and you could use a GameStar card to play it. So you would like you would play both of them. This is on Switch right now. This is on Switch right now. This was the first game I bought on Switch. So this is a similar game. It's yeah. Very close. It's and the announcer is there and like the mm. the tunnels, the pal- color palette they use, mm. a lot of blues, a lot of oranges. 
it's so close mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this is probably one of the most technically advanced switch games i've played yeah and it's under 900 megabytes <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy uh, uh it's called fa uh, uh, fast rmx meanwhile f-zero man like fucking yeah this is uh, that looks good like that's gamecube right Shit. that's gamecube 30 racers <laughs> and it came from this garbage <laughs> hey this game's pretty fun it's right? good it's good it's good the one that gets no love is the n64 one. Oh, f0x yeah why don't you just show me gameplay yeah, it's fucking Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you play the GameCube controller, even on the Switch, you can hold down like quarter of a different pressure. You know, if you push it all the way down, obviously it'll go full power. But you can kind of like, you know, like senior shooters, it's analog. So F Zero needs those analog triggers. If you use digital triggers, it's not the same. What's hilarious is now the GameCube controller support works for Sunshine. So you have the analog controller. So they could get it to work. They should. They really need to get off their ass and just go make that thing work. Is this a fast RMX? No, this is F Zero GX. GX? This is GX. This is somebody glitching uh, through the whole stage. Uh, this is one of my favorite stage, Aeropolis. <laughs> and it's just like just cascade of buildings everywhere. You have no idea what's happening. And he created a custom machine, and you can like snake your way to impossible speeds. And just like glitch through buildings. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's such a crazy fucking game, man. Me feels yeah, he feels so bad if you just like we just have a normal race and you're like, no, nah, I just want to glitch off the map and win. Yeah. I know of the glitches and stuff in it. So yeah. dumb. We'll play like Wario Circuit or Wario. And you can just like stuff. skip yeah, the whole thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Dude, I would buy it. It's like one of my favorite games. This yeah, is my like number one game. I've, I've always loved this game more than anything. And number two is Metroid Prime. But it changes depending on how I feel. And they got like a st the level creativity. So this is supposed to be a station that's supposed... To, it's an energy station. It's catching all the solar flares. <laughs> yeah. And you get to cool. race on this fucking thing. <laughs> and that's Earth below you. <laughs> And it's just like, I love the creativity. <laughs> You're running on solar panels <laughs> that for some reason are inside the tunnel. Uh, 30 racers, dude. It's, it's, it's a really hard game, though. I have to, that's the thing about them. If they, this is definitely a melee type of game. And so I, I, I don't know. Dude, this. I don't know if they, they'd have trouble re releasing it, I think. Or they're maybe. Well, you know what? Game. The problem is Miyamoto. Miyamoto yeah. is notorious at hating this game mm -hmm. because he had a hand in developing F-Zero and F-Zero X. Mm -hmm. And when Sega intervened and helped Nintendo make this, this game didn't sell well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a huge fact that GameCube didn't do that great anyways. Mm -hmm. But like Miyamoto ended up saying, well, the response wasn't good enough. And mm -hmm. yet 
the guy still made like three Star Foxes that failed. Mm-hmm. the same fucking guy with this glitched machine <laughs> but you know I, I love games that racing games like this I, I have a thing for Wipeout I like that game oh, but the yeah. problem was, oh, yeah, right but it's just it's never as fast and as crazy I feel F-Zero is just like ridiculously stupid and just way too crazy for me I love that vibe whereas Wipeout feels like Formula 1 like if you're in first you're gonna stay in first for a long time and I just, again, the idea they create a huge dam in the middle of the ocean <laughs> to harness power. <laughs> and it has a racetrack on it. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, there's just something about that game. I'm not good at it at all, but like... Dude, it's I, such a uh, good game. The first time I played it, actually, was I, I moved it on to a Nintendo. Yeah. Do you ever use that before? No, I haven't. What's that? So it was one, um... It was, uh... It's for the Wii U, but it works perfectly on Wii Mode. associate with them anymore yeah, yeah like you know they have a weird vibe it's like look at that nerd or they'll use the f word and i'm not talking about the swear word <laughs> the slur but look at that bit. and i'm like yeah he watches big bang theory and it turns <laughs> out yeah that person does um yeah but i think there's definitely like a trend but like there are some outliers within the trends because like people who like friends to me most of the time, like 80, 90% of the time, they're not going to be fine. Sex in the City. Ooh, that's another one. I just don't like Sex in the City that much anyway. I, just, but I like. When I was younger, uh, there were a lot of girls I wanted to go out with, and Sex in the City was a popular thing uh, for a lot of women to sort of like associate with. Mm-hmm. I think I blame Sex in the City for this current problem we're in. Where <laughs> the pandemic, Sex in the City is the reason for PC culture. It is because it's just it's it's cancer culture. It is cancer culture because it's like it's like literally entourage came and went. You don't see guys living by that religiously. I guess the closest we had something stupid like that was Fight Club, where every guy thought he was in Fight Club, <laughs> and of course that was. I don't think it was a I think it was like the movie. 
That's a great bit. That's a great bit. I can't relate. That's a great bit. He's like, this is Harvey Weinstein producing. He forced some editors to change scenes and get rid of some scenes to, like, I don't know, make the pacing better or whatever, but it was his bias. He was thinking, oh, I know better. I know how to, you know, change this. You know, hey, if you got a localized dialogue, that's fine, but don't start cutting together. Yeah, yeah. When a producer starts acting like a director, there's a problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, the, the thing is, a lot of directors become producers, right? Or executive mm-hmm. producers. And sometimes it's good, right? Because, I don't know, if you're an executive producer and you kind of green light an idea, you kind of understand, mm-hmm. or at least I would hope you would understand, where the filmmakers are coming from. You can kind of relate better as opposed to this exact team that's just out there to the talk through the business side yeah. and they have no idea. I feel like that's what's good about like Avengers specifically in Marvel is like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- a lot of the executive producers are directors of their own individual Marvel films. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like you can just be like alright would, would Iron Man actually say this? To be like yeah I directed Iron Man he'd say this like yeah. yeah I'm sure, having like, guys like um, John Favreau. John yeah Favreau. John Favreau on there is super important because yeah those little things matter and now that people are really kind of hyper focused on continuity and, and things being that weren't important 20 years ago before we had like standard media and you know we can consume these things all the time uh, we talked about tv shows like the office right how the characters change over time because of different writers mm-hmm. or whatever but now fans i think especially passionate fans are way more uh, in tune in tune they're more aware so you need to have producers you need to have quality checks i think yeah. Let's look at the Nintendo eShop, for example. Going back to games. <laughs> it's gone this is another 30 minute gaming <laughs> podcast tangent. I love this. The eShop and Steam Shop, yeah. there's so much garbage on there. Yeah, yeah. Thing, you know, it's surprising how bad the Nintendo eShop is. It, mm. There's a lot of not good stuff on there. It's yes. way too cluttered. Mm. Whereas before, they had a much more streamlined system. A lot of shovelware. I'm yeah, thinking it won't work. Like, yeah, shovelware. Yeah, a lot of shovelware. That's why I kind of like the App Store going the iPhone stuff because there's there is like a more strict quality check or quality control in YouTube, right? You know, not saying my stuff is fantastic at all. I put some effort into it. There's the plug. <laughs> I put some effort into some it. Some to Tony's plug. Hey, while you're at it, might, might as well say what your your channel is. Secret. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm fucking at the end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. That's that's the, that's the classic plug now, right? Oh, yeah. The like and subscribe. I never say that in my videos. I, I used to. I had a couple videos I would say that, but I just don't on YouTube, right? You could put anything on there, and it's okay, but a lot of stuff on there is garbage, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like low effort or whatever, and it's, I mean, that's because you kind of have to play the system, so I understand, but there is no quality control on YouTube, is what I'm trying to say, yeah. so. And it's like, technically, like, user-created content, right? Right, right, whereas, you know, the, the Hollywood system, in theory, would be nice, really was for like okay the best of the best get through and 
So you you kind of get the best content, the best. No, I don't like that word. Mm -hmm. The best stuff. Well, no, I, I agree. Like a Wes Anderson film, <laughs> if you're into him, they're so refined. The writing, directing, dialogue, and I feel that's a guy, a director that is also a writer, and he works well with the producers. The producers are aware of him. Uh, the Nolan Batman trilogy. Say what you will about the last movie, but producers were generally supportive on those movies, and you got to see cool results. Mm. Um, where it could go wrong is something like the producers on Justice League mm. and that Zack Snyder verse, because these were the guys that sold them out, yeah. created an even worse movie, <laughs> and then had to backpedal. Justice League brought him back, and now they don't want nothing to do with him again. Right. Because it was so successful, and now they're like. That's what that's where the problem is, right? The bias. And the kind of it's you know, it they say it all the time, right? It, it depends on who you know. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean it's nice to have friends and it's it's good to have like human relations with people. Of course, that's important for movies, I think especially. But when when most of the merit is oh yeah, I just met this guy at a bar. That's how, you know. He's, he's gonna be he's actor. gonna be directing the next Transformers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, true story. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's that's a that's but, a bit of an issue. But do you feel that's the case with comedy? comedy. No, like even, oh, sorry, uh, comedy specials or comedy series? Comedy oh. specials definitely yes from the top. You got that because <laughs> you got that 100 percent because of who you knew. That's not funny. Yeah. Zero zero percent funny. Negative funny. Should I should I watch it just to see it or no? Oh, dude, should I just not sub subject myself? <laughs> well, I mean, if you like a music limited. itself, your life is so limited. We don't have many days on this earth. Why watch it? But he, going, he, sorry. He did me a favor. Yeah. He watched it. I watched Rob Schneider. This is bad. You know, whatever. It's not, it's Good thing I missed worse comedians. I, yeah. I don't think it's just as bad. I really don't. I think I would rather watch Rob Schneider. I felt pain while It hurts. Yeah, this is a this is a hark back to the original worst comedians episode. Yeah. Were you there yeah, for that one? No, I wasn't there for that. But I've been listening to it. Just as worse as Amy Schumer, I think. Just as worse. But going back to the production value thing and like producers who are like supportive, I think uh, Seinfeld was alright. Like. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Seinfeld kind of, I think it was because they didn't really do, they didn't really need much yeah. to like make the show. But and do you so think there has to be a role with a producer when they're also a writer? Because Larry David was an executive producer. Yeah. And true. he was the lead writer. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. I mean, they. I feel like it goes two ways, right? They always say, like, oh, the executive producers, just they just put their name on it. But then at the same time, I feel like there are a lot of executive producers who are essentially ahead of the director. <laughs> and they're the ones who call all the shots. So I feel like Larry David was probably, I mean, he was writing it, obviously, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he was probably in charge of Yeah, he was like the head of the whole thing. Of the whole series, yeah. so. At least until season seven, man. Or end of season seven. Yeah. Oh, what a good show, man. Speaking of terrible shows coming back, uh, Friends coming back. Uh, the you, you, we're going to watch that. We should do like, like a like viewing, May 20th. We should do a viewing special. Dude, we would get so many views. All these people would be tricked to think we were doing something. <laughs> live, live stream on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be good, actually. And every time somebody sends us a dollar, we get to pay an insult. 
<laughs> that could be good. Yeah. 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 yeah let's five, five minutes in, we're all gonna be like. Man, and then like, uh, and then Owen gonna be like, uh, hey, I said something funny. I use, I still use humor as a self-defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake, Chandler. <laughs> uh, not about that joke. But uh, so, moving so. on to our second topic, which is comedians who started in comedies but aren't comedians anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you think of so any? the classic is like. Uh, the talk show host, but there's like uh, the late night talk show hosts. Some of them are pretty good, and then there's like Ellen, which is a real weird kind of outlier. Yeah. It's like she's like trying to be late night talk show host, but in the daytime. Ellen, <laughs> which like uh, yeah. So she's not a nice lady. Yeah, yeah. So Dude, the funniest bit of Ellen is when she came out and everybody was poking fun about that meme. Like in other news, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, uh, I think. No, no, no. Let me go there. <laughs> I read your mind. No, it's like you want privacy, you want respect, and yet you're exploiting your own sexual preference. Well, you want it to be normalized. Yeah. Which is obviously what we should all want. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of like that person who does something. Why aren't you praising me? Yeah, yeah. I did a good job. I did a good job. Yeah. Like, a Norm McDonald took a huge dump on her for that. Like, all right, you're gay, I guess. Yeah. And then, like, this is worthy of it. Is this supposed to be on the front cover of a newspaper? Well, I I guess at the time, to to put some context in there, I I think she was, like, the first openly gay woman in the media or something like that. But, dude, how sad is that? It's like, you know, I, I don't, when you start saying your ethnicity or sexual preference or something and you're proud of it, like right now this whole Asian culture thing is going, you know, crazy. And when people are like, you know, I'm proud to be Asian and blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's something you shouldn't, that's something you shouldn't be proud of. You should be proud of your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Being born into a situation are being proud so of... you didn't do that. Yeah. yeah, do you, mean, yeah. Like, you didn't concoct a magic <laughs> formula to become... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's backwards. Yeah. It's really stupid. It's nice to have respect and love from where you... You know, so like the, the thing here is like uh, American pride. Yeah. Like, we say that a lot. Be proud of your country, blah, blah, blah. I, and I, of course, you don't, don't want to hate your country. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not. I think Canada's okay. Man. <laughs> just, you know, like, like, I like. I feel like I like Canada more than Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Canada's sick. Well, yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> America's pretty nice too, eh? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said things Man, I love living in England. There, I'll be like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> oh, dude, you've seen the, you seen the fucking weather. Yeah. You've seen the weather. <laughs> 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 fucking grim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Shite>. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, I'm gonna stop real quick. Okay.
The interruption laugh is, is one of the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna do that, like when you guys are talking on something. Anyway, I wanted to say that. And welcome back! <laughs> Episode 2 of Hard Tale. But um, yeah, we're talking about uh, comedians who are no longer comedians. Uh, yeah. We're probably going through the realm Eddie, of like talk show hosts. I guess he's well, he, he came back, back and yeah, he's coming back, isn't he? But I mean, he, well, he, Chris Rock. <laughs> he, he Chris Rock's a, an actor now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> legitimately. No, no, Kevin Hart more so, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah, Kevin Hart... But Kevin Hart is still does, funny. Yeah, he mm. still does... Uh, he still does big shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mike Myers has dropped off. Yeah, Mike Myers too. He's like off the face of the earth, yeah. yeah. He does like serious movies yeah. sometimes, like Inglorious Bastards. Even uh, Steve Martin near the, I mean, he's still in Hollywood, but like a good portion of his later 2000s career, it's just like he was more a producer. Um, I can't for the life of me think of any female Canadian comedian that started in comedy but dropped off. But, like, I don't know. I can't think of, of anyone that was known for comedy and then is not competent as a comedian. Well, like, Ellen is the prime example. Right. Yeah, it's the worst example. Yes, it's, it's so fitting. <laughs> uh, and then, like, even Steve Harvey, like, he was doing, like, Family oh, Feud yeah, and something. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. disgusting, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve Harvey's yeah, yeah. not such a... Yeah, he's not easy on the eyes, isn't it? <laughs> um, but speaking of which, like, yeah, I guess Drew Carey... There's a guy that's extremely talented, extremely funny, but later on his career was not known for comedy. What? Oh, sorry. I thought I was. What's up? All right, we're back at it. So, uh, abrupt uh, technical slash corona difficulties. Our pal uh, Tony had to leave because uh, someone he was in close contact with had a fever. So, uh, we. Uh, <laughs> think he'd appreciate us saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's in close contact with it could be a random member of society. I don't know. <laughs> then she gets pissed at him. <laughs> Who did you have close contact? <laughs> no, and so we uh, we abruptly treated him like the rabbit dog that he is. Yeah. And uh, expelled him from the podcast. Exiled him from softness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it does bring up. We were. We were. Um, I hope we're. You're doing well, Tony. I hope everything's gonna be all right. Um, uh, and then. Uh, we do, we really do. But I swear to God, Tony, if 
if I get sick because of you, fucking, I mean, that's it, man. <laughs> um, but I hope everything's fine. Um, we were still talking about comedians that started in comedy but aren't in comedy anymore. Yeah. So they, like, made their start from comedy, but now they just use their fame, I guess. Yeah. Or acumen to do, like, other things. And what, what comes to mind? Any so, like... Yeah, it's like all talk show hosts, like to varying degrees. Like you know, um, I don't know. It's, I don't know much about Johnny Carson, but was he a comedian beforehand? I think so, but that's actually very good. That's very yeah. That's very very. This is on the nose. Yeah. A lot of talk show hosts that are comedians don't become comedians, except for Conan. He was always a talk show host. Yeah, Conan is like one of the talk show hosts like I respect the most. Yeah. Like he was like doing comedy writing at the time. Yeah. And in its prime as well in that like, I think Letterman and Leno are part are in that too because yeah. they are two yeah. stand-up comedians. They were vicious in their time. Mm. And now they're just known for their talk shows. Yeah. And James Corden, if you find him funny, I don't. James Corden yeah. I don't I just, he's like he feels like a fat Ellen just waiting to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't deal with him. There's like a really famous, not really famous, but like a really well accredited comedian in UK. Yeah. He's called Stuart Lee. He's quite like dry and he's like a comedian's comedian. He just does only comedy. He's been doing comedy and he's had his own like comedy show and he's been doing that for a while. And like he's like, uh, he's like shitting on James Corden and uh, Graham Norton. Yeah. And Graham Norton was also a comedian, uh, but he's now just a, he's like this a classic talk show host. He's just become like, He's not even funny anymore. He's not. He's not. <laughs> like, and like he's just shitting on. Um, it's just this great bit in his comedy show, where it's just him doing a, whole, a full set for like 30 minutes, and this great bit of like, um, yeah, like I've been working on stuff. I was like working on shows, like, uh, but then I see Graham Norton, and he, he, we were like competing for the Baftas for the best comedy program, yeah. and his show beat my show, <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking about it, and he was like, uh. You know, if you're me, you know, uh, don't try to make, don't, don't work on something funny and try to make it really good, like a fucking mug. <laughs> Just sit down and talk to Gary Barlow for 30 minutes about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good bit. It's like, um, it's from Stuart Lee's Comedy Vehicle. I love it when I, comedians go petty. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, and, he, and he shits on James, James Corden so much like, and when and when Graham Norton had accepted the award yeah. James Corden who's a huge fan of mine allegedly didn't yeah. even try and stop him <laughs> <laughs> he just let him go <laughs> and then like he shits on he shits on James Corden so much he's like he's like I hear about James Corden in interviews and interviews. He's always like, oh, what's your influences? Who's your favorite comedian? It's James Corden. And James Corden's always like, oh, Stuart Lee. I love Stuart Lee. He's so funny. He's so great. And then Stuart Lee's like, fuck off. It's such a fucking lie. And he's like, it's like a dog listening to classical music. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the most mundane things make the funniest. 
<laughs> it's so good. It's it's got such good bits. Yeah. Uh. Oh, dude, there's a brilliance to when a comedian is petty and he gets to roast somebody. It's so fucking. <laughs> and then like uh, it comes to a head because like in the comedy vehicle show like uh, there's. There's this like uh, the way that they break it up is they have like a short interview, yeah. so it's like Stuart Lee being interviewed by Chris Morris, and he's like con- deconstructing the bit with him, and he's like, "So your bit was Graham Norton beat you out for the comedy award in the Baftas, but what you left out was that it was actually the comedy and entertainment award." <laughs> <laughs> and then Stuart's like, Stuart Lee's like, I-, "I didn't know that. I didn't know that." And Chris Morris is like, "Of course you fucking did." <laughs> Don't tell me that you didn't know that. That would have ruined your whole bit if you added comedy and entertainment award. Julie's like, yeah, well, undeniably, the Graham Norton ent- uh, show is entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Dude, I gotta watch this. Yeah. This is like, you know what? I wish Tony was here with his phone because I want to want to see this now. Yeah. Fuck. There's some episodes on YouTube. It's really hard to find because. Um, Stuart Lee's like notoriously like uh, well not notoriously but like upstanding like he pays all his taxes and like he protects all his stuff really well so it's really hard to find downloads and stuff and you kind of feel bad downloading it because you don't want to screw him because <laughs> <laughs> like, he had this bit as well he's like uh, it's not even a bit like he's just explaining his circumstances he's like uh, you know uh, I, I hear all these other comedians like Jimmy Carr like dodging their taxes a little bit and stuff and it's like I'm gonna have to be sitting here. I've worked out, I've done the numbers. I'm gonna be sitting here doing comedy well into my 70s. And people start laughing. And he's like, no, that's not a joke. Like. It's so good. Dude, I gotta see this. Holy shit, so that's a comedian. See, then that's the reverse. That's a guy that has stayed a comedian despite the things changing around him. <laughs> I think you nailed the hammer on the head sort of thing. Like, you, you, all talk show hosts were great comedians. Even Joe Rogan, it just hit me. This guy was a comedian. Mm. And now he's known for his podcast. He's yeah. still pretty funny on it. But, like, I can't think of a better example. Like, Ellen is that example, I think. I think you got that, too. Where it's like, she was like, she's a far better talk show host. No, not even, but like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, <let's go>. <laughs> she's a terrible talk show host. Like, she's so mean to people and shit. But like, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, she just used comedy just to get her foot in the door. And then she's like, oh, talk show, I've, I've got a maid. I don't have to fucking do anything. Do you feel that way with a lot of Judd Apatow creations? He's the director of Superbad and, and Knocked Up. and Because, uh, like, they have all these characters, and a lot of them were in a Canadian show called Freaks and Geeks, and Seth Rogen's part of that. But I feel Seth Rogen is at a position where he's producing comedies, writing comedies. Whereas somebody like um, Michael Sarah. I, I haven't heard from Michael Sarah. I haven't heard about Michael Sarah in, like, a billion years. He's, he's bizarre, because here's a guy that I think wanted to legitimately be an actor but there's so many like memes about michael sarah like michael sarah just seems like a guy that like showed up to an acting job and like didn't have the courage to like talk himself out of it and so it's just like <laughs> stuck in the same job like he's just yeah. like just because of his awkwardness like and there's there's another person that's with him 
called Paper Tiger or something like that. And it was like an Asian female comedian. And Ali Wong? No, it wasn't no. Ali Wong. But she partnered up with Michael Sarah and they had a movie together. And it was bizarre because she did a lot of talk shows. And the thing is, it's, it's like, I respect a comedian like Jimmy Carr because he is dressed for the occasion. It's his material that's funny. And that's why I like Seinfeld and, and even Larry David. He even hosts like a comedy version of Countdown. Right. Yeah. So like they, they, their, their game is, their bit isn't their attire. Their bit is their actual material. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Michael Sarah and his female partner, it's like, I remember watching them on Conan and I went, did any of them wash their face before getting on the camera? <laughs> like, cause it just, it looked stu- it looked bad. Mm. And I feel like Amy Schumer kind of is like that. Mm. It's like, do you even care that you're making money now? Yeah. Like, are you, well, are like, yeah, do you even care about the audience who allowed you to make the money right. in the first place? Yeah. And some of them are not easy on the eyes. Yeah. And I get it, and I feel Japan is guilty for that because a lot of comedians there are disgusting looking. Like a lot of these fat. Like, but yeah, that's it's like a different thing because you're laughing at them, so it's like it helps. So disgusting. No, but it helps that they are disgusting looking because it's like look at the fucking disgusting guy <laughs> <laughs> trying to do. Like it's so mean. Like some of it is is mean spirited, right? It's so mean spirited. Yeah. And I just feel like you don't have to be a knockout nine or ten or eight or some shit but you gotta have some appeal to be on tv mm-hmm. if you and i were on tv <laughs> i have to get a haircut yeah <laughs> fuck yeah like, i gotta get a new face shit like that you'd be like, <laughs> like right on to mine <laughs> and i feel like that's the more responsible thing to do whereas a lot of these guys it's just like it's not I'm not really getting the physical bit it's like Carrot Top was repulsive <laughs> to look at do you mean like he wasn't easy on the eyes Gallagher was alright I don't know if you've seen Gallagher clips no Gallagher no no his main bit was like smashing watermelons oh Carrot Top's bit yeah it's Gallagher oh okay so it's like a, imagine Gene Shallot or like a half semi balding guy with clown hair black hair and like a long dolly style mustache <laughs> and he was appealing he was funny somebody that looks average i don't know like yeah just going back to the japan thing like a lot of the stuff just seems it seems weirdly like overly accessible yeah like they're just people people like just being stupid and like you just laugh at them because they're dumb and it's not like a lot of overacting yeah like they'll scream and yell no that's classic japanese tv it's like even like certain youtubers and stuff that i've seen there's one that like abroad in japan um He's like a funny English guy, yeah. and he always tells like whenever people come to his house or whenever uh, new he's been filmed for news specials, he's like, "Are you a YouTuber?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And it's like, "Can we get your camera in the shot?" And I'm like, he's like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like. I can't deal with it, man. I can't. Uh, it's yeah. Like that stuff really like hurts me. It's like on the next level. It's like yeah, even the variety shows have to be. It's like a weird element of reality TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. So, and you, and you kind of get it because they can't be unscripted. There's no material. Yeah. So they have to be this heavily overacted 
scripted thing because these guys don't have personalities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you imagine like if you ever did the flip side and you just see like a well dressed Japanese guy? Yeah. Just like go up and like absolutely kill it with like a nice comedy set. Dude, that'd I'm be like biggest fan. <laughs> I, I would fucking lose yeah. my mind. And it's like a smart comedy, like a critique at like the government being morons or something. Like Fuck that'd be a genius. That'd be so genius. because then there's like the reverse sex appeal thing where I'm not sexy I'm funny kind of thing also so that's like this comedian's like twerking throwing weird ass shit online yeah. and I'm like dude it's like it's not that's sexy. like kind of Ali Wong as well it's a bit like that ooh it's like, I don't see yourself what, what's that like she's, she's been in two specials and like uh, a good first half of her first one was just talking about how much sex she had oh ew and it was alright but at the same time it was kind of like I don't know Cause she's like she's fairly reasonable looking. Like, yeah, she's not bad looking. Mm-hmm. She's not bad looking. But it's like, yeah, it's like, are we here to talk about comedy or are we here to just like hear your sexual experiences? <laughs> like, Wait, you remember the Simpsons? They were poking fun of like female comedians. That was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that like you you referenced that twice <laughs> before. <laughs> I was listening to the podcast, the earlier podcast, and I was like, uh, <laughs> the female comedian comes on and she's like. I just had my period today, <laughs> and I was I was kissing my boyfriend. I was kissing a guy with this tongue stud. You, you know how a guy with a tongue stud. You know how that that is. And I just like cracks up. That's so true. <laughs> but I, I feel so little has changed. Yeah. So little has changed. And then I mean, Presty's come back to that. I was like, you know, they're talking about their with their periods and who they have sex with. Or like they would talk about stuff that would make Red Fox blush. <laughs> special was produced by the two guys from Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's the only other thing. <laughs> so, so it's total shit. So you're trying to say. And I, I can't remember their name for the life of me. But again, that's another comedian that I would look at and she's unappealing. It's just like, she's got like... There was like, there was an ad, I think it was a Netflix ad for a recent, like a, an upcoming comedy special. It was like a few months ago. But I saw yeah. the ad. And like it's the comedian in her dressing room, like getting ready for the show, and like you know, I'm, and she's like, it's a black female comedian. She's like, uh, you know, I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna go out there. And it's gonna be like really funny. This is awesome special. And then the camera pans out, and like this guy like gets up from off the floor. <laughs> and apparently, you know, this guy's just been like giving her head or something. <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> like, why have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like. She's like trying to like obviously say, oh, the roles are reversed now. It's like, yeah, but the comedy still has to be funny. Yeah, it would be funny if she actually had a dick. I think that would just throw everybody into it. Yeah, just like a massive, like, yeah. 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 Ten inch. <laughs> yeah. A whole uh, ten. <laughs> a whole ten. But like, I don't know. It's just like, 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's true to a certain extent. Like, that's why I like Sober Superman, is because she doesn't rely on sex appeal. Yeah. She just relies on comedy. Comedy. Yeah. And, but do you think male comedians are, are guilty of that, too? Yeah, to a certain extent, like, uh, male comedians talk about sex a lot, but, like, yeah, and, like, there's certain aging men community, aging men who can talk about, like, because they're men or I don't know, whatever, like, they're allowed to make fun of, like, getting older and, like, anatomy of getting older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. I feel like Louis C.K. was really straddling that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't know if you're... I feel like for women, you still can't really talk about, oh, I suppose menopause can be, like, constru- construed as funny, like, yeah. in a joke. But I don't know, even... What the la- did you ever watch the last Chris Rock stand-up bit? I mean, I've bitched about it before, but there's a very weird moment of sincerity, and it's just not rightly put in because he talks about his sexual preference. It's like, I need, like, an Asian woman with a big ass who's, like... Who speaks Spanish? I mean, this girl fits the bill. <laughs> She's walking by. <laughs> My God! But uh, and, but it felt very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because he talks about his divorce and all this stuff. And it's not like he's trying to give us a lesson. It's just like he's just venting or something. Yeah, it's like dude, you're horny. Fucking don't tell us. <laughs> like it's not like done in jest mm-hmm. or in a positive light. There's an air of desperation. Yeah, so there's like that's to be said about like sex and comedy, I guess. Like, you, there's a right way to do it, and there's like a a weird way where it becomes creepy and pervy, and there's a weird way where it becomes creepy and desperate. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Not creepy and desperate, but like desperate, I guess. You can you can tell when somebody's joking about something they don't really care about, mm-hmm. versus they're trying to joke about it, but it's like fucking, it's bothering. Yeah, taking them up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I don't, yeah, I w- if I were to write a joke, I, I wouldn't, I think I'd stay away from the, like, the sexual realm, like, my own sexual realm kind of thing, right? I, I would, I would pepper in my preferences. And I think, I would avoid the sexual realm, but I would talk a lot about things that make me happy. Sure. Like, girls with big butts and, like, short skirts. Like, saluting them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, I'm okay with that. But never get into the uncomfortable territory of kiss and tell, yeah. which a lot of co- female comedians are guilty of. There's a lot of like, the bits are written as if like, it's locker room talk, and ironically, it's coming from a female comedian. The ones that, I mean, like, you know, because women are like a locker room talk, and and the male gaze is, is something that's normalized, and and to a certain extent, I agree with them, but like a lot of these female comedians that, that turn to sexuality as, as a crutch, it's pretty locker roomish. Like the stuff you described me, that woman getting hit, it's pretty fucking bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of remember their name, but her co- like from what I saw and what, from what she said, even like t- disregarding the, the head bit, yeah. it, it didn't seem that bad. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just uh, anything. Well, I mean, those are two really good topics. And this is a rarity. We don't get to have a me and you podcast. What's on your mind? We should do more of these. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to listen until like a year later. (laughs) And then he's going to get pissed. 
Any anything on your mind? Uh, I, I, I'm stunned because I'm like, I gotta ask you something because this is a rarity. This is really rare. What are we gonna talk about? Like uh, caramel delight, yeah. Um, caramel delight, good, 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 good. Caramel's probably my favorite sweet flavor. Really? Yeah. I, I figured you for a vanilla guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm vanilla. <laughs> I downloaded a lot of episodes. Nice. I bought them legally, legitly. Cool. So I I can't believe this show is written the way it is. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like even you can tell it's like totally different from because you expect it to be very similar to The Simpsons and Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like it's the classic family. Like you expect the dad to be dumb. Yeah. The woman to be supportive and kind of bored. Yeah, yeah. But like. Linda's completely flipped. Bob's not dumb at all. Yeah. So Linda's like almost like the complete opposite of Marge. Really. Yeah. She's like, like a dreamer. Yeah. And she's voiced like by Marge. Guy. Yeah. And Marge. Yeah. <laughs> Marge is like totally given up. Just like uh, I just have to like provide for my family. Like oh, whatever. Like yeah. Marge has been boring and kind of uncomfortable at times. But like there are parts where Marge is written really well. Like the police episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a joke in the police episode where she's like, um, she starts, and she's like, I wanna, I wanna sign up to the police academy. I wanna be a police officer, and everyone just bursts out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is the end of the episode. And the, and the writers even say they have no idea why this is funny. <laughs> but, like, but like the end of the episode, she's like, there's too much corruption on this force. I'm leaving. <laughs> 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 I like the writers are like, we have no idea why this is funny. But it's funny. Yeah, it's so funny. But yeah, Linda's Linda's totally the opposite of Marge. And then like Louise has this like almost South Park-esque like subversion of like, because she's the youngest one, but she's also the most sinister one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she's like, uh, yeah, she just say some stuff and like, (laughs) like she's talking to Mr. Frond or something and she's like, um... Tell me, tell the repressed memory bear yeah. like, about your problems, and, he's, and she's like, uh, he won't remember them anyway. <laughs> like, but she's not, she's not malicious. Mm. She's still grounded because I think that's the angle they had with Stewie, and they made him like a super villain. Yeah. And here, it's like you do realize that that's a kid, mm. a very sharp kid. Mm-hmm. And I think he, regardless of his annoying, annoying. Yeah, yeah, like even like yeah, you you, you find the sense that like uh, Louise like sometimes goes a bit too far, and then she realizes she's gone too far, and she's like, all right, either I have to get away with this, or I legitimately have to scale it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, really good show, man. I, I can't get enough of that South Park, and I mean, Curb is still ongoing. Yeah. Dude, so Fucking season 11's out. I haven't even seen season 10. How the like, fuck does he do it? Curse <laughs> genius. Yeah. 
I think he takes his sweet time. Yeah, that's that's a given, right? Because there was like a good six or seven years between season eight and nine. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he's come up with like a lot of shit for season nine and ten, maybe in that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Do you do you find yourself like I I feel this way like when in high school uh, we'd have drama or like in English class we'd do a play and stuff. I would be very good at getting laughs because I had no idea what what people were glued into. Okay, like so I'll give you, I'll give you an example. This is like when Austin Powers came out, and I had not watched any of the movies, but I'd seen the trailers and I'd seen tidbits of what it was, and it was weird. You get the feel, like you know when you're watching like a Louis C.K. or a Jimmy Carr, and you know where the punchline's headed. Yeah. So like I knew the type of characters Mike Myers does, and so it was very easy for me to be a clown about it in, in a play or any kind of drama stuff. And a lot of people thought I was obsessed with pop culture, and I wasn't. I was obsessed <laughs> so with video games. You were just like, oh, uh, what's his name? Abed. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. you're Abed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because like that part really hits home because it's just like I found that they found these things funny, and I just took them. Yeah. And, and I found myself doing that for like almost everything. Like The Matrix was out. I hadn't seen it, but I was very good at predicting what people liked to hear. Yeah, I, I kind of had that too. Like um, whenever people have like different sense of humor, I can't really do it as much now because I don't really speak to that many, as many people as I used to, but like... Due to COVID, obviously. <laughs> if people have like different senses of humor, I could pick up on it and just like match their sense of humor. How do you do that? Is it, is it, does it... I used to think it came from boredom. <laughs> the more boring summer I've had, like the next year of school, I was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's an element of that. Like, you just want to talk to people, and so you want them to have a good time. You want to have a good time also, so you just be funny together, I guess. But then there's like a, it's like an icebreaker as well. If you don't know them very well, like, you just kind of key into what they like, and then you laugh about it. Source. I, I kind of think boredom combined. Like, creative source for... For comedy. Like, I would... I am the most boring person at home. <laughs> I'm just upset or miserable looking. I'm just sitting in the corner. I, like, Sebastian Maliscalco kind of nailed it. It's like a cat. I'm like a grumpy-ass cat. <laughs> and I just... That's where I get my comedy. Okay. Because, like, that is me normally... And as I am, I'm so aware of me and the things around me that are annoying me, that when it comes time to act, it's so easy. Yeah. Because I've been going over these thoughts, refining the shit out of them. <laughs> Where does your source come from? Like, what, what do you uh, think heightens your comedy? I think I'm mostly like observational. Okay. So like I have to see something. I can think of something funny as well, but like. I have to kind of observe something that gives the spark and then I'll like run with that and like make it bigger and funnier and stuff like that. Like uh... Example. Like that girl with that big butt? No, 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 no. Um, ah shit. Like I don't know, the premise of the show is like um, I saw like a sign for uh, railway police and I was like, oh, what, what do those guys do all day? Just like 
just like uh, stand in front of barreling trains and like shoot them until they explode. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need a railway police force? Hypersensitive to reality stuff around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But like, I don't know. It it te- like if I get to a point where I'm just at home too much, then I think I become less funny. The more bored I am, the better I am at my bits. I feel like the more bored you are, you definitely become, like, as a whole, I suppose this might apply to everybody, but you definitely become more attentive and receptive to other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, because you've got nothing else to do, right? So, yeah, so then, like, the moment you get, like, some sort of thing that gives you an idea, you're like, oh, shit, like, I can not be bored now. This is good. Like, let's work with this, like, idea, you know? Hyper aware. I feel like there's an anger bit I love doing, like, when I just rant. Yeah. That's hap- that happens when I'm very like observational. Okay. Like sure. I get annoyed very quickly uh, when I'm noticing things around me. Yeah. Yeah. Where, does your comedy change? Like, is there is there a particular vein of comedy you enjoy a lot? Doing or thinking you like or writing? Um, specifically, I I like a it's like a mix between like um. It has to be a little bit absurd, at least. Um, not too absurd. Um, and then, like, it has to be like, it has to be like some sort of timing element. Like, for some reason, and I think it comes a lot from the stuff I write. It's like I love uh, repetition. <laughs> like rules of like, three. Yeah, rules of three. Like exact same repetition. <laughs> like, and it's done masterfully on The Simpsons and stuff. Like, um, just like they'll use one sound that's kind of funny. And then like they'll like talk it out a bit, and then the same sound will come in, and it's the exact same sound bite is the is the punchline again. I feel <laughs> like, like Family Guy does that too. Family Guy probably does it too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But you do it with more class and style. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I, I can see that. I I think the absurd part really is the thing that gets me. Like I really am amazed at how absurd your references are but how appropriate yeah I, I don't know if that makes sense like the <laughs> one of the episodes I reference is like I haven't relaxed I haven't relaxed since Harold Holt disappeared under mysterious circumstances it's very absurd it's very specific but it forces you to laugh because even if you don't understand the context of it the absurdity is so off the charts <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you can't help but respect it. Yeah. And it's not like a try-hard pull. Mm-hmm. It's not like poking fun of Star Wars or something topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I generally don't like doing topical too much because yeah. it's like the last, the most infamous, not infamous, but like the, the classic thing that has just been and gone is Trump, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's doing Trump and it's like, Trump is pretty funny. Like, Trump is funny in of itself. You don't even have to, like, talk about him. Yeah. You just laugh. You just... Trump does something. You laugh at Trump. That's it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to, like, deconstruct it. You don't have, like... Because it's already funny. Like, you know. Like, you can't make... Well, you can, I guess. But, like, it's not like you can take gold and make it into more gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's already hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's already there. So it's a very lazy act. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, I'll just... I'll just put like punctuation here and this is my joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like holy shit, I thought of a person to rival Ellen in terms of like this person was a comedian 
and now they're just not funny. Yeah. Trevor Noah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But he's done a couple of, like, recent comedy specials, like, last few years. I think his accent game is on point. I just think, as a comedian, he's not funny. And, and I watch The Daily Show, and I'm it's struggling. It's worse and worse. Like, yeah, it's... It's becoming like it's so geared towards like one side and what like one group of people want to hear. It's a lot of woke statements, yeah. a lot of Cardi B and Jay Z references, a lot of celebrity worship, and there was like he did like a vaccination bit. Like there was it wasn't like, funny at all. You gotta get vaccinated. It's like I don't know. I tell you, I, there's been like ten videos of his. Each and every single one of them has a comment from me that says, "Get better writers, hire better writers." <laughs> You've literally written I've been writing yeah. it on every clip I could find. <laughs> because it's annoying. It's it's so annoying that this guy... Like, you had to go back to Jon Stewart. And it's funny because we're in the same kind of feeling that we were 10 years ago. Uh, the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is at its peak. And it's ironic that 10 years ago, Jon Stewart had the mantle. And he did some amazing bits. And one of the bits that made me crack up so bad was he anytime he talked about Israeli policy all of the correspondents on the Daily Show would start yelling at him calling him anti-Semitic <laughs> so he ended the bit by like not saying anything it was funny the other bit was like he does the same thing which is like commentary which is like he'll talk about the absurdity of the issue just like Trevor Noah but his timing is good yeah I think that's another thing that like references to my comedy like of course, like we haven't tested, like we haven't tested it out in the show because we haven't like, like hired actors and whatever. But like timing and execution, yeah. like they both have to be like completely perfect. It's a science, like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what's so timeless about like the first two and the most famous movies of Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Happy Madison, Billy. Sorry, <laughs> Billy Madison. <laughs> Happy Madison, <laughs> Billy. Um, funny that happy gilmore billy madison his timing and execution is so good like it's like you can't match that kind of like even if the jokes are kind of like a little bit juvenile or like a little bit like kind of weird or not even weird but like a little bit absurd a little bit juvenile maybe even a little bit cross because the timing and execution is so you forgive it yeah yeah it's like it's it's brilliant like yeah yeah I think that's that's part of your comedy that I strangely I think I relate to more than anything because it's the the pause when we talk about timing a lot of people tend to think like timing in comedy is like saying the right thing at the right moment it is but it's more about holding back yeah, yeah. it's like knowing the best point like at what point will be the funniest when I say this yeah, yeah, yeah. or at what point will be the funniest when I'm interrupted by something. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that a good example of recent uh, kind of a flop was Trevor Noah talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and he wanted to make a point about like how Israel's military is, you know, strong, and it's dealing with like civilians throwing rockets at, or rocks and shit. Okay, so there's and, like a massive balance, right? And, I, and I, he just pretty much repeated it. Like, he didn't do anything different. Okay. He just repeated what he said, but in his stupid accent. <laughs> and that annoyed me because Jon Stewart played a clip of the Israeli, um, I guess, se- 
security advisor talking about how Israelis can can check on the phone when there's a rocket attack. And then he contrasts that with like the Palestinian plight. Oh, he's like, so let me get this straight. The Palestinians get to know that there's an attack coming when they launch a warning mortar shot onto that building. (laughs) (laughs) So, a small bombing before the big bombing happens, right? And it's just like, you know it's absurd, but he walks you through that pause. Yeah. Obviously, the source material is like so dark, right? (laughs) (laughs) Source material, like what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. But then contrast that with Trevor Noah and recently he got in, like recently in the last six months, he got in their fire because he was talking about the Pakistan and Indian conflict. And he's like, well, actually, I heard it was just like they're all going up there and he did a Bollywood song and dance accent. And it was just like an inappropriate joke because they're in an armed conflict. We just told the audience people died. And then to do a Bollywood, like it, it, the joke didn't work. And I thought he would have had a better time putting that joke before you do that or talking about the absurdity or bringing in England for how they've messed up that co- those two countries. And it just, it made no sense. Whereas Jon Stewart, if you, did you ever watch the Mark Twain Awards? That Where he's talking about? Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. That timing. <laughs> it's so good. It's, I like the... Like the emotional, <laughs> to funny, like timing. He's like, you really think he's thinking about it, and you really think he's like emotional, and then he's just like, then I realize, Comedy Central has five million dollars, <laughs> fifty million dollars. Uh, and he's like, and I want you to know, I gave that, I treated that money like it was mine. <laughs> and you know, he didn't have to, but the timing of him saying that biting his finger yeah. and then going onto the ground even like the build without the build up it wouldn't have worked like the build up like was yeah it is it, can I can I use a sexual term it is the ultimate foreplay <laughs> the cl- and uh, most comedians are just climates sure and I think like the, the real smart one is so good at foreplay yeah cause it's all about like the build up and then like just the subvert yeah right suffer as perfect execution yeah not to not to do, uh, delve too much or, or to reveal much of your story but i think that's what makes your writing ridiculously funny is the it begins at such a grounded but absurd level and then it just keeps going insane and you think it's going insane you think insanity is written in escalation but what i find interesting about your comedy is you write insanity as a de-escalation. <laughs> Example. Example, the opening. He gets fired from a honky. You know, it's already absurd that there's railway police. <laughs> but like the mundane of people telling him of walking up there, like telling him that the bad day. You know, this reminds me of like giving him that pepta. I used to be like you. I used to be like you. <laughs> yeah. That is so mundane. <laughs> escalate in the sense that he goes to JR and it's like roaches everywhere or crazy people but you write escalation in like mundane levels and it's so ridiculous because you're like the boredom that you write is so ridiculously funny and it keeps getting worse and 
like, the context of people have no idea. Nat is writing season one of a railway police show. <laughs> and it's about a guy who gets let go of a prominent railway uh, organization. Department. department. Yeah. And he has to work at, like, the government-owned loser department. <laughs> yeah. Because in Japan, there's, like, private railway and government-owned. And government-owned anything is pretty garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you think, like, when he goes to the government-owned part, that it would be, like, you know, bums pissing or, like, some weird shit happening or people, like, mugging him. No, it goes into mundane territory. <laughs> like, I visualize... Washed up and, like, just boring. And I visualize one of the visual cues I still have in my mind is when people are talking to him. There's, like, you know, remember when people sweep the floor? It's, like, caution, wet floor. I imagine them stacked as it goes on and on. <laughs> just, like, filing on. <laughs> Because it's just such a sad scene. Yeah. Uh, or even like the... You wrote a bit that made me laugh a lot, which was like the Kankyu... Uh, like the very lavish train conductor. And basically how he's sitting in his train. And you could have gone crazy. You could have had like hot women and shit like that in there. But you went like with a very tempered down lavish. Whereas There's like... like a- in there somewhere yeah. <laughs> but again it's so it's like boring level <laughs> yeah. it's not like you know trumpets blaring it's like confetti <laughs> and the argument with somebody somebody's hands coming up from <laughs> under the table yeah that's like a, it's like having like a sip of nice champagne and he puts it on the table and like a woman's hand comes and like tries to take the glass and then they like kind of tussle for the glass and she spills half the glass and just takes it under <laughs> <Right>. the table <laughs> But again, it's like, it's so not lavish. Yeah. But it's done in, with such a... That's the thing you're good at. You're good at writing, repeating the joke, that rules of three. And you're good at escalation. But unlike a lot of escalation I see, you're good at um, escalation that leads into mundane territory or de-escalating a situation to the point where it's hilarious. <laughs> which, which is really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I love, like, I think it's like, The Simpsons also kind of did it really well. It's like, um, they'll try and, they'll lead you on like a path and then they'll just like, like the cannon fire bit, like they go to the, they go to the school trip and like they can't get in because they have no money. <laughs> and, like they all just hop the fence or something. <laughs> and like, then she's like, uh, <laughs> then she's like, uh, the guide at the, the the Civil War Museum is like, this is a cannon from the Civil War, and it's like pointed at like a precarious looking tower, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, this can destroy a lot of ship. Of course, it's not loaded. <laughs> it's just common sense, people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a brilliant idea, oh, such a good episode. Well, okay, we're on this topic. Uh, I think you and I should do a, like a Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. But for the time being, as we wrap this up, one of your favorite Simpsons bits? Uh, I think uh, generally my favorite Simpsons bits. My favorite episode is uh, Lisa's Rival. Because, like, the amount of bits that have. Like, I like so many bits in that episode. There's, like, the fugitive reference where, like, it's like a part, like, I did, t- however, a tip bar. <laughs> tip the FBI off to a whereabouts of our good friend Milhouse. <laughs> and like Tommy Lee Jones is like, uh, Milhouse is like, I didn't do anything. I don't care. 
Sell it back to us at an inflated price. He's like, who's in the what? <laughs> <laughs> Simpson, yeah, it's, oh, it's so good. I love that episode uh, because of that uh, Scarface tribute. Which bit? In America, first you get yeah. the sugar. Because it's like Homer doing an accent in his voice. <laughs> then you get the power, <laughs> then you get the woman. Um, and it has the obscure, like, Englishman. I nicked it while you weren't looking, and I do it again. <laughs> and he has that monologue. The monologue, yeah. Uh, you know, who, who... I forget what What's it is. What's to be said about this whole no, Simpson? <laughs> I'm not like those so-called city fathers. <laughs> who stroke their beards, <laughs> cluck their tongues, and say, What's to be done with Homer Simpson? <laughs> oh, it's such a good bit. Uh, I still have a song. I, I told you the college episode gets yeah. me. I uh, it it's so ridiculous. That laughing bit <laughs> where he, like where um where he makes it like a smart nuclear physicist joke like the lecturer. And then it, it Homer the, doesn't laugh. Everyone else laughs. And then he drops his cards. <laughs> and that laugh goes on. <laughs> it's like he jerk dropped his cards. <laughs> and, then it, and then it escalates with like uh, uh, I'm pretty I, I was a nuclear technician for like four years I'm pretty sure I know how this works it's like by all means show us <laughs> and then it's like it's like glowing radiation and two guys in hazmat suits come in and they're just like hi Homer <laughs> like, there guys thanks Homer <laughs> uh, it's a great episode because it has I like any episode where they Homer and Burns work well together mm. As co- comedic partners. Yeah. That's why, like, the, the Cabin episode's hilarious for me, mm-hmm. too. For I mean, sure. it's much later. That's a classic. But I found myself drawn to the college episode because of, like... You know the music they use? Intercut music. Mm-hmm. College scenes. It's like a very royal music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the song Louie Louie that they use <laughs> is so perfect. <laughs> the vibe of that episode is so... Perfect. It's like a homage to those terrible 80s or 70s college shows. Mm-hmm. The the bra bomb reference, <laughs> these horrible nerd archetypes. <laughs> and it's just like you always have to prank the dean and he's like a perfectly nice yeah, guy. The dean's such a good guy. <laughs> I like to knock the starch out of that and stuff. He's just so convinced that he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, I, I love that episode a lot. And, and the other one I, I'm really in, into these days, um, Stonecutters. Stonecutters is classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's just like, you see the genius of Homer when he stalks Carl and Lenny. There's like a weird bit of like, 
The egg council people getting to Lenny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the egg with the legs. It's like, and he squeaks as he runs away. And my favorite moment is so subtle. It's like when Homer has like a terrible day getting to the plant and stuck in traffic. And he gets there and he parks right outside his house. Because <laughs> it's like never referenced again. Like right. the parking lot is literally next to it. And then Bart's like, hey, dad. And I love it because it's just, he's like, he doesn't even say hello. He's like, hey, dad. He's like, hey. <laughs> it's like he's already defeated. He's like, poor people. <laughs> 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 it's just so good. I love, um, I love the, like, the bullshit you get away with animation, though. Like, yeah. just the weird continuity shit just for the purpose of a joke. It's so like, good. So good. Uh, like, the parking lot charm is working just outside his house. The <laughs> backyard of the problem. Yeah. It's so perfect. And the commentary on, on each of the episodes of Genius, and I think with the respects to that, the funniest jokes the writers talk about, for me, is the crusty episode where he hits the tree and there's a delay and then he yeah, pops yeah. out and they're like, he's so stupid. That he doesn't obey the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was such a great reference. Yeah. Uh, uh, Any other There is like uh, um, the Greyhound episode, like uh, where he, they make a. There's like a bunch of Greyhound puppies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mr. Um, Burns takes Yeah, and Mr. Yeah. Ho- Mr. Burns like uh, sells them all. Or like he sells them all to Mr. Burns, or like Mr. he gives them all away to Mr. Burns. And like then, like of course, at the end, Mr. Burns has like twenty like prize racing dogs that have won him a lot of money, and like Homer's like in the attic, like uh, smashing the light like, bulb, <laughs> and, and Marge thinks he's hung himself, <laughs> and he's just like, no, it's just. And the writers are just like, I just wanted it to look like he Homer had hung himself. himself, and then I had to figure out why why would he be in that position. And we came up with it, and he just bats a light bulb. When he's upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why it's so great. Because these guys are like, let's go dark. Take a step back. Yeah. How do we write that? Uh, oh, man. Okay, next episode, Simpsons. Just, just do it. One-off episode, 30-minute, whatever. We'll do it. Because uh, I don't think we'll be seeing Tony for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's mid hotel town for Tony. Yeah. Hey, listen, you gotta do what you gotta do, baby. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, we hope uh, Tony's good. We hope uh, those around him are well. Yeah, yeah. Chiefly us. Yeah, especially, <laughs> but especially me. Especially, I think the later Sideshow Bob episodes, up until. Where he turns into a good guy and and his brother is the evil guy. That stands one of my favorite episodes. That's too. still, I think that is the last funny Sideshow Bob episode. Is where they have both the Kelsey Grammer stars yeah. on the show. That's I think that's still a funny episode. It's like it's they still have a good. One where he's like married and he's got a kid. Yeah, it's weird. And I just I didn't like it. They kind of yeah, like they kind of did the sub. They tried to do the subversion of like you think Bob's evil, but it's actually just. He's a suburban regular guy, and it's like yeah. that's not really a good punchline. It's not really that funny, <laughs> like yeah. And the inane references that 
absurd and inane references. Like Hudora Hudora Welchi with the burping. I had to Google her. I was like, oh my god, she's like old man. <laughs> or uh, Rory Calhoun. Rory Calhoun, that was another one that like, the commentary was just like, why are we putting Rory, Rory Calhoun in? <laughs> no one knows who the fuck he is. And a couple of Rory like, oh, Don't put him in, don't put him in. And the writer just like went with it. So good. Because you're... It's like a couple of Rory <laughs> Even if you don't know who he is, like it's just, it's too funny. It flows yeah. and it's good. And it's that's like, that's another thing to be said, like even if you don't know if it's a reference. Yeah. The fact that it's still a good joke is if you still laugh at it. Like the fugitive reference, right? I didn't. I was like, I didn't even I didn't know, know that. that was a fugitive reference, and yeah. it's like it's so fucking <laughs> funny. <laughs> but it's done. That's actually nailing. You nailed it. The joke has to stand its own. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of if it's paying a homage or it has something clever in it, mm. it's more of a hidden gem for the person that gets it. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't, who cares? Yeah, yeah. It's too, as long as you're laughing at it, right? Right. Like, it's like a poo exploiting like a bunch of Eskimos or something yeah. <laughs> to get like his eyes. We've lost four men on this expedition. He's like, you could think of a better way to get eyes. I'd like to hear it. He's like, it's bad as me. Oh man, that's such a shame though. A poo and Hibbert. I I had a I listened to the some lines from the new actor for Hibbert the other day, and it just okay. does not hit. Like, Dude, he made him a cool character. Why the fuck? Why can't a white guy voice him? It's animation. Yeah. Who gives a shit, man? And it's like, you're sacrificing quality just for wokeness. Like, I don't know. Uh, I can't stand it, man. Yeah. I haven't heard of... Is that food written out completely? Uh, he hasn't... E- I didn't think he was even written out. He was just... He's just not in the show. Like... And then they're thinking of bringing him back with another actor or something. So. I, I don't like it, man. I, I don't like it at all. There's like a, can I tell you like a preview for my fifth episode? There's like a bit, <laughs> like I have like a bunch, there's like a, a speech. The mayor's giving a speech and like- Shit, I was supposed to talk to you about four. Okay, go yeah. on, go on, go on. We can do that after a bit. Yeah, but like, not gonna run. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, um, fifth there's episode. a bit where like, fifth episode where like, uh, the mayor's doing a speech, like, and he says something that resonates with like people in the audience and everyone in the audience is like a stereotyped character. <laughs> they have like a stereotypical accent and like there's like the Italian accent, the French accent, like there's like the Jamaican accent <laughs> I put in there. And then the Indian accent I put like some guy who says, Thank you, come again and he's like an Indian guy and he's holding a sign that has a poo's face on it. It's just R.I.P. <laughs> and he's like crying as well and he's just like thank you, come, come again, again. <laughs> I don't. I get people are dicks, and like a lot of. Um, there's a Harry Condolamu, uh, I forget his last name, I'm sorry, I'm butchering it. Uh, he had a documentary on the problem with Apu or something like that. I get where this is coming from, and I get like you can be a very funny comedian without it. I get a lot of people. Dude, but I had that shit thrown at me too. Like, you mean like. And I'm sorry, if you're a comedian, then you already have a thick skin. That's the shit that got you where you are. Yeah. And if you can look past that, and you have an audience that keeps referencing Apu and it being discriminated, then I'm sorry, you're, you're in a land that's full of idiots. Mm-hmm. Move on to a new place. Uh, we 
heritage to Pakistan, India. Abu was a very prominent character. Obviously, I had a lot of shit thrown at me for it. But did it affect me? No, that wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. I think the worst things are like not stereotypical jokes because you learn, you develop a thick skin. You learn how to like deflect things, be quick-witted. And if that crushes your character then, man, the world's going to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. If a poo's making you feel bad, yeah, yeah. Wait till you hear about terrorism, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had to grow up watching True Lies and every, like, fucking terrorist spoke Arabic and Persian. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, whatever. So, like, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, my job and your job is to, like, redefine comedy. If you don't like where it's headed It's up to you to kind of enact change. Mm-hmm. And I see that with your comment. I see a lot of references. And I see less uh, wokeness. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I'm trying my best to just be funny. Like, it's I'm, not, I'm not pushing an agenda or anything like that. It's just, is this funny, yes or no? That's like the core motif. Yeah. We got like a minute left before this happened at a flag of cutting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's uh, this is good. Good second half. Yeah. Surprising second half, but you know. And let's try to uh, Simpsons on next time. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, we're not Tony. I'll be alright, but obviously. Yeah. Tune in next week for just that design. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we uh, sorry we didn't signpost this episode as much, uh, but um, if you're here. We love you. If you're not here, then uh, we hope you you die. (laughs) (laughs) What was Elaine's thing? Here's to those that wish us well and those who don't can go to hell. (laughs) See you. This has been Asan and Nat and formerly Tony, the ghost of Tony. (laughs) (laughs) See you around. I don't want to do an American accent.